Boba Fett is returning for The Mandalorian Season 2. Why? Why? We saw him fall into the Sarlacc. We're done. Why does he have to come back? Well, I would argue that it's because Disney doesn't have enough faith in their IP to stand on its own. And so they need a cheap nostalgia gimmick to get people excited. And this isn't working for me. So let's talk about the return of Boba Fett on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and you don't know how excited I am to have some kind of sci-fi story to be talking about, even if it's one that doesn't make me all that happy, because it's been kind of dry when it comes to news here lately and stuff to talk about. So, Boba Fett's coming back. Ah, Boba Fett. I I, I have to admit, other than the look, like the pure aesthetic that has been widened out to the entire Mandalorian people, I've never really cared for Boba Fett. I thought he looked cool, but he's an idiot. (laughs) He's clearly shown to be an idiot through the two movies that he originally appeared in. And just to drive that home, The Clone Wars shows us young Boba... And he's an idiot. <laughs> he's just dumb. And I am okay with that. He, he was designed to look cool, and that's about it. He's the bumbling bounty hunter. But, you know, we can't leave well enough alone and have him die in the belly of the Sarlacc. There's been stories over the years where, within the new canon, where we've seen his armor. Ooh. Does that mean that he's still alive? We, we've heard rumors that of a strange new sheriff who's patrolling on Tatooine. Maybe it's Boba Fett. Maybe it's not. All in all, I, I just I can't bring myself to be excited about the character because I don't think there's much there to be excited about. With the exception of Boba Fett riding a mythosaur from the Star Wars Christmas special that has been erased from existence to the best of George Lucas and Lucasfilm's ability, he he never really did anything all that cool. And I am hoping that they don't try to destroy that and make him retroactively cool, because he's not. And he doesn't need to be brought back. This is, this is so problematic for me at least, because, well, the success of the child being what it was with the whole Baby Yoda thing showed them that nostalgia works. Yes, and it does. I I love Yoda. I have been very interested in his species and been very curious about them. And Yoda has been one of my favorite characters since I first saw um, Empire Strikes Back when I was a kid. And yeah, I am curious about the child, and 
I'm interested to see the child grow up and dot, 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 dot. But having said all that, that is at least a new character for me to have emotional investment in and to see starting to learn and grow and develop a personality that there's at least something there for me to latch on to. Boba Fett, on the other hand, is a pure nostalgia property that I, I know there are people that really care. And I know that there are people that really wanted a Boba Fett spinoff movie. And I don't understand them at all because but <laughs> Boba Fett's a bumbling idiot. It's kind of like I don't understand people that think that Han Solo's cool because I feel like, did you watch the movies? Like, did you watch them at all? Like, he he lives because everyone around him is competent, not because he is competent. But okay, like your Han Solos, you like your Boba Fetts, fine. But do we need to see old Boba Fett? As a fan of the extended universe, most of the Boba Fett stories I generally skipped. There were some interesting stories in uh, Legacy of the Force where Boba Fett was dealing with some complications later in life from being a clone and having to hunt down um, Kaminoans to prolong his life and to cure some of the maladies that he was starting to face because of his nature as a clone. And those were kind of interesting. Of course, they got mixed up in with Han Solo and yeah, all that. And fine. I'm like, and I'm even okay with it if they bring Aiden back so that they can do some Han Solo Boba Fett stuff. Cause I think he was a good Han Solo in the movie solo which feels really awkward to say. But I really feel like this shows that the folks at Disney just don't have faith in The Mandalorian as a standalone series. I mean, it's one thing with Star Trek Picard where they're announcing other characters are going to be in season two. Like, it makes sense that we would see Guinan again or Q again or any of the cast of The Next Generation again because... You know, he was the captain of the Enterprise in the next generation. Or that we would see characters from Voyager showing up because, you know, Seven of Nine and her connection to Voyager. Our titular Mandalorian does not have any of those connections. So why, why, why? Do we need to see his relationship with Boba Fett or his interaction with Boba Fett or him meeting Boba Fett? It is a forced story for the sake of nostalgia. Now, they they did a really good job with season one, and I figure that they'll find some way to make it work. But I'm much more interested in the whole Darksaber and all of that storyline that they left season one with then catching up with a mediocre character from the original series that they're trying to keep alive because they feel that it's at least a nostalgia point to bring more people into the streaming service. This is such a cynical move on their part. And if they could just give... See, mm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this 
in a way that actually conveys what I'm thinking here. Because Disney has been in a very weird loop lately where they don't seem to remember how to do PR, right? Like announcing, hey, we're finally doing a female Star Wars with a female director and a female lead character. Yay! Well, that's nice. But but what is it? I mean, if you don't tell me what it is, I don't know if I'm excited or not. Because I, I don't know. Like, it could be about a singer who goes around from club to club throughout the galaxy. And I probably wouldn't care about that. And I say that because, you know, eventually Disney's going to do that. So they have a soundtrack that they can sell, you know, all high school musical style. You know, that's coming. You know, that's coming. But why? <laughs> you know, what, what, what's the point? What's what are you trying to get me excited about? You see this with how they bungled onward. Yes, it's wonderful. You had a lesbian character who's in the movie for a couple scenes and who, yes, is kind of technically pivotal to the plot-ish a little bit, sort of. Yay. Okay, fine. But I, I don't feel like patting you on the back for these things. It's it's the shortcut. It's this, it, this is the ultimate evolution of soundbite marketing. That they don't trust us to be excited about what's going to be happening with season two if they give us anything, because of course they can't tell us anything because that would spoil the surprise, wouldn't it? So they're dropping all manner of strange little hints, like it's going to have Boba Fett in it. Okay, well, how does Boba Fett fit into the whole thing with the Darksaber? I mean, it would make more sense if you told me it was going to have Bo-Katan in it. And that, that you actually got Kitty Sackhoff to play her. And that we were going to get to see her go after the Darksaber now that they know where it is. Because that would make sense. But that's not the announcement that we got. And see, that would cause me to do all manner of speculation. Because, oh, Bo-Katan is going to be in it. Well, okay. Well, that makes sense because of this thing and that thing and the other thing. And how that all connects together. Ooh, maybe we'll get to see Ahsoka Tano. Because we know that she was alive during this time period. And we have no idea what she was up to. But no. No. I mean, you could drop Sabine Wren in. Because, well, we know that she spent virtually this entire time period. We know where and why. And maybe she left the planet occasionally. She didn't have too many excuses to have to stay where she was. So you could throw her name out there and it would kind of make sense because she's a Mandalorian whose family was involved in poli in Mandalorian politics. Okay, I would understand that a bit. Or anyone in the Ren family. That would make sense. But Boba? The biggest problem that I'm having with this is that Boba Fett is traditionally not seen as a Mandalorian. Yes, he is of Mandalorian stock and that Jango was a Mandalorian, but he was raised outside of their culture and outside of their ethos and never really participated in any of the things that make a Mandalorian a Mandalorian. So maybe they're going to go after some kind of an outsider angle that he's going to present a different way to be as a Mandalorian. 
which again, I think Bo-Katan or Sabine Wren would be a much more interesting character to see that perspective from. Because it's very obvious that what we are seeing in our titular Mandalorian and the people that he runs around with is these are the remnants of Death Watch, who kind of concentrated into the group that we see in the underground. Okay, so they're kind of Mandalorian fundamentalists. Well, Bo-Katan was not. Neither was Sabine. Boba, like I said, never really subscribed to anything from Mandalore. Now, I do know that in the extended universe, he ended up becoming the Mandalore, and he kind of hated it and left other people in charge so he could gallivant throughout the galaxy and do his things as he slowly fell apart because cloning bad, okay? But I doubt that they're going to go that way. I mean, it's possible that he's going to be the secret leader of the Mandalorians and he's been keeping them hidden underground for this entire time. But that doesn't make sense to me, at least within the new canon. Because for that story to work in the extended universe, we had to go through a lot with Boba Fett to get him there. And they really built up a character around him that again, is very different from his characterization in the new canon. So hopefully they're not just going to try to cut and paste his character over. I mean, I suppose they could, and then, you know, through a few choice words of dialogue, hand wave all of our concerns away. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that a sci-fi franchise has done that. But I don't see how the character can fit other than as a way to sell more toys. Frustrating, because we met quite a few new Mandalorians that I would gladly buy toys and maquettes of because they seemed interesting. I, I don't know how to cope with these massive corporations that are in charge of these IPs. And I'm putting a lot of the blame of this on Disney, and for all I know, this is just John Favreau's favorite character, and he wants to bring him back, and that might be the case, and if it is, more power to him, I guess. The chef show is amazing, and John Favreau is a treasure, but I, I don't, you know, I, I don't see the need for bringing a nostalgic character into the series any more than they've already done with the child. The, the, there's. There needs to be some kind of justification for it. And I almost feel that, that that justification needs to precede the actual episode. You you have to explain to me why we're reconnecting to the larger universe in this way. The way that they brought in the Darksaber and connected this series to the battles on Mandalore and the history of Mandalore, th that made a tremendous amount of sense to me. Oh, well, of course, an Imperial officer ended up with the light, with, with the dark saber. And maybe we'll learn more of its history and where it came from. And those are the things that got me excited for season two. Now, as season one went on, the story became more tightly knit and they were able to give us more character pieces to understand this new world of Star Wars that we're living in. And that was wonderful. You could see that 
the very disjointed early episodes were just establishing pieces that showed us, oh, here's this character, here's that character, here's this other character. Now we're bringing them all together. <sighs> Not really my favorite approach. I think it didn't work as well with The Mandalorian as it could have, and it didn't work with uh, Picard as well as it could have. But I, you can at least see what they're going for. And now, having to bring in a legacy character into the series and doing it in a way that does not feel forced. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're, they have a smarter plan than I could come up with, but I, I don't, at least at this point, see a way that you can tack in a legacy character without it feeling forced. What, what reason would they have to cross paths? I mean, that, that is the central question that needs to be asked. When Princess Leia showed up in Rebels, for example, it makes perfect sense. This is a story about the nascent rebellion. She was involved in organizing both the early rebellion, the successful rebellion, and the resistance against the Empire. So the odds that they would end up running into Leia, well, they're pretty good. So the idea that you put her in makes sense. Lando, on the other hand... Well, yeah, he's a smuggler, and they're dealing with smugglers to get things in and out. Yeah, that makes sense. But the reasons that they came up with to put Lando on Lothal kind of fell flat, and it, it didn't work as well as even the addition of Hondo Anaka into the show. So, yeah... I don't have. I, I'm hoping that this is going to be more Leo or Honda, Leo, Leia or Hondo, and less like what they did with uh, Lando, because Lando just felt tacked on. He was a character that, well, he's around in this period of time, and they're dealing with scoundrels, so why not just bring this legacy character in to be like, hey, look, it's Lando. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was a fine episode. It, you know, it it worked, but. It is one of those strange outlier episodes that doesn't really feel connected to the rest of it because it's a lot more about, hey, look, Londo, than it is about actually forwarding the story. At least the Leia episodes forward the story, and we not only see how she interacted with them, but we see how the Rebellion got control of the hammerheads that would be extremely vital to the success at Scarif. So it's, it's a story that matters. It's a story that works. And that adds even more importance to it. I also like that it fills in this blank of how did a sitting senator support the rebellion without getting in trouble? Well, they just had terrible luck and had stuff stolen from them all the time. It's terrible. The amount of thievery in the galaxy. So it worked. I mean, they, they, they actually took time to figure out how to fit her into the story in a way that made sense for the story. And hopefully they'll do that with Boba. But with Boba, you have a much higher level of concern here. This isn't Darth Maul. The Darth Maul story was a story about witchcraft and magic and very strange goings on. And we didn't just find Darth Maul alive. We found him in this animalistic state controlled by his hatred and rage living on a in the junk desperately clinging to life 
to the point where he has to be rehabilitated by the Night Sisters and by his brother, Asajj um, Savage Opress. And, and there's a story arc there that shows us not only how he survived, but that he barely survived. And if it wasn't for the fact that he was a Sith and able to tune into his sheer and utter hatred of Kenobi, he probably would not have survived. And so, okay, that works. Well, if you're going to introduce Boba Fett, we're going to have to answer those questions of, okay, well, how did he survive the Sarlacc? What did he do for all these years after escaping the Sarlacc? And not just have him show up as a random cameo. I mean, in some ways, that would be the greatest thing ever is if they announce that Boba Fett's coming back and our hero walks into a cantina, Boba Fett happens to be sitting at one of the tables in the back and they kind of nod at each other. Th that would be wonderful and if that's it and that this is just a giant troll. But I doubt that that's what's going to happen. Star, Star Wars has a very mixed legacy of bringing back older characters into new stories. And I'm just concerned that they won't do that. This will hurt the Mandalorian more than it helps Boba Fett. Alrighty. Well, that's it for today. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean. I would love to hear from you. While you're down there, if you have a dollar that you can pass my way, you will find links to both listener support and my Patreon. Thank you to everyone who does that, especially right now. It means the world to me. It really does help out. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know anybody that you think would like anything that I do, please share it with them. That helps out a bunch. Yeah, I am working on a lot of different projects in the background, and I will be talking about them as they are ready to be talked about. So until next time, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.